0: Welcome to episode forty-five of the FPL Images of Oz podcast, and we decided again this week to do it live on YouTube and do a bit of a week eight, a week eight preview, soon as we did miss week seven as there were no games. And joining me tonight is Matt Day. How are you, mate?
1: Yeah, good. Thanks, Q. Looking forward to being back on the pod. Uh, I think it's been a while. I think last time I come on was pre-season, and um, yeah, it's good to be back in the uh, in the regular season and um, yeah, doing it on the, on YouTube which is, is something different for your podcast because normally we do the uh, the record so it's nice to yeah nice nice
0: to be on the video. No definitely I sort of thought it was good last time we had a bit of interaction live questions and usually I do put out a post to get sort of some questions um, for our usual podcast but yeah not too bad. I thought this week with the game, the game week 8 we didn't do sort of have a, a game week seven and talk about software. Do you know, just do a quick preview episode and, you know, talk about FPL. And, you know, it was weird on the weekend of no football. I think I complained to you about ten times uh, over the last few days about how much I was hoping there was going to be football on the weekend, but <laughs> it was also good to get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. So, um, well, we might get into the fixtures. You might bring them up, I think. Awesome. I'll share.
1: It. I think is it. Um, I've got your uh, your fixtures ready to.
0: am well, making you do all that. the heavy lifting. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> there
0: we go. So yeah, this week we are missing. I think it's Chelsea, Liverpool, Man United, and the other team that's blinking this week? Man United leads.
1: Oh, and um, yeah, yeah. Chelsea, Liverpool, and there's another one. There's another one missing. Um, Brighton versus Palace.
0: Yeah, right. On. Yeah, so we might start with the first fixture, which we've got Aston Villa and Southampton. This is actually a tricky fixture, just because both sides. I guess maybe Southampton probably being the better team, but we they probably all have, have like, yeah. We all know the the qualities at Aston Villa, and I think this actually could be a really good game. I actually think this could be Aston Villa's way back to um, where they probably should be. Um, where they sort of were last season, I think this could be the the first game that gets them back on their winning streak. So, yeah, you know, I think that um, I could see you know maybe a two one win to Villa this week. I think that the likes of Watkins has proved this season that you know he's just a really good asset to own. It's going to make it difficult though because of the options of Mitrovic. You've got Tony, you've got Kane, you've got Harlan, you've got Jesus. So. You know, I think it's more of a differential pick this week, but I think, yeah, I could definitely make a case of Watkins and maybe Coutinho. Um, maybe this could be a game that he, you know, comes back into everyone's sort of teams or thoughts um, and watch list because he has been pretty poor this year, but he also has been carrying a niggling injury as well. But, yeah, I'm not really sort of looking to bring in any Aston Villa assets yet, but it's probably a... I guess I'll, I'll wait and see and see how they go this week. What's your thoughts, Matt? What's your prediction?
1: Yeah, look, I think um, this is a huge game for Villa. Um, you know, Gerrard needs this win. Obviously, he got the good draw against Man City, but before that, he had some poor results. Um, so he really needs uh, to win this one, um, especially before an international break. So a huge game. Um, it's hard to pick. You never know what Southampton are going to turn up. Um like I'm going to go with the. I think it, uh, I'll go with a one-one. I think it will be a draw. Um, I think they'll kind of cancel each other out. Um, and then from an FPL point of view, Coutinho was someone I did actually have my eyes on. Um, his injury record's not been good this season. He's, his minutes have been limited. But I remember last season, um, captaining him in this game because it was on a double game week, and he got a goal. He got an assist. He was absolutely unbelievable that day, um, and he you know, put on an absolute footballing masterclass. So like a little bit of me brings back those memories and things like, is he someone that could just be a huge differential for this week? You know, because there is spots up for grabs in teams, um, you know, with all these fixtures off, um, but then at the same time, you just get a little bit worried and you think, you know, will he start? Is he actually fit? Yeah. Is he fit enough to play? Has he still got the spark that he brought last season? So um, yeah, he does kind of interest me, you um, from Villa I think like you said Watkins as well um you know Danny Ings potentially but I think there's too many other good strikers right now other than that there's probably no one really from Villa that's kind of really doing it for me at the moment um and then from a Southampton perspective I think uh Che Adams again there's a lot of striker spots up for grabs Um, but he's he's looked okay this season um there's always James Ward-Prowse who's got a good record against Aston Villa he got couple of free kicks here it was i think it was in the either last season or in the lockdown season um and yeah it's just one of those games as yeah i just think they're just going to cancel each other out there isn't um
0: there isn't anyone that really excites me
1: so yeah one one
0: yeah nah sort of looking at Southampton. and i mean ward Prowse would be a nice shout this week because i still don't think aston filler are there defensively i still think that they're quite vulnerable and you know i could actually see like a a free kick being given and then Ward Prowse is putting it top bins. So
1: I hope so. Ward Prowse is in my team and he's been in there since obviously used an early wild card, and he's only got me an assist so far. Um, yeah. And he's, he's on pens, he's on free kicks, you know, he's been denied a couple of pens as well, where, you know, Southampton have had a couple of decisions go against him. So yeah, I'd absolutely love for him to bang in a free kick again. Um, hasn't got one this season. Um, so, yeah, I would love it if that happened. I'd love it, especially on a game week where, you know, the likes of Salah, um, you know, Marcus Rashford, um, Harrison from Leeds, uh, the Brighton yeah. midfielders. It's not like we kind of don't have a huge amount of options in midfield. So someone like Ward Prowse, yeah, could potentially be, um, yeah, a huge gem
0: this weekend. So we'll see. No, definitely. Well, we might get into the next fixture, which is Nottingham Forest in Fulham. I think this actually could be a really open game. I See, not haven't looked great defensively. I don't think Fulham's looked great defensively either, but, you know, there's potential for Forrest to, you know, just go bang one week and attack. But I'd have to probably give this game to Fulham. I think that their attack with Mitrovic up front, you know, he could easily score two or three goals this game. It just wouldn't surprise me at all. And, you know, I think this could be a bit of a 3-1 win for Fulham. I think that the likes of Andres Pereira, I think he's a great option. Um, Probably... I wouldn't probably start him if you're doing a wild card or a free hit, but if you've got him in your side, I'd definitely be playing him this week. I think Mitrovic just goes about saying, you know, this could be a massive game for him. This could be the Harlan-esque game where people are just, that don't have him, wake up and he's got three goals and he's got max bonus. So I think this could be, a, you know, another good game for Mitrovic. And I think uh, their defensive asset, is it Tete that plays out wide at the back? Hmm. He's been getting forward quite a lot and he's providing balls into the box there. And when you have a player like Mitrovic in the box, I think, you know, there's a good chance that he's going to put a cross in and Mitrovic is going to put in the goal. So I think that, you know, nice little differential shout, I think he's only worth 4.5 as well. So it's pretty cheap and Nottingham forest. I think Brendan Johnson is probably look like their best asset outside of Nico Williams. So I think if you do have, Brendan Johnson, we want to take a you know a couple week punt because I think Forrest have some all right fixtures um, for the next few weeks. So I don't mind the shout of Brendan Johnson, but probably not investing too heavily in Forest just till I see I guess a little bit more. Their fixtures have been hard to start the season, but you know if I see a couple of games where Brendan Johnson and other assets are firing, you know it might be worth sort of taking a punt on one of them. Um, what are your thoughts, mate?
1: Yeah, look, this kind of like has a feeling. It's a Friday night game over in the UK and it kind of gives me the um Watford Norwich vibes from last season when Dennis got that red card and you know everyone's bringing in Mitrovic and then you know you can just imagine uh he's got a bit of a temper you know just imagine a red card on a Friday night because the atmosphere is going to be big at the city ground like they, they have a really good crowd um yeah. so I do feel these are the games if you're not in forest that like you need to get the points in like these are the big battles these are like the you know these are the games um and look, Fulham have looked pretty good this season, um, you know, for a promoted side. Um, but yeah, you just never know what you're going to get. Like, I've, like I'll, 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 back Fulham just based on, they look, um, they've looked a better team. They look like they've got a bit more, you know, togetherness, um, whereas Nottingham Forest have obviously made so many sign-ins. Um, you know, there's, it's going to be so hard for them to gel. So I'll go sort of two on to Fulham. Um, but in terms of players to look out for, like I really like Gibbs White from Nottingham Forest. Um, yeah, he just looks so good. He just looks so threatening. And I think, you know, this is a typical sort of game where you know, he can come in, grab a goal, um, get you some points. He's only about 5.5 as well. Um, yeah. He's on a lot of their free kicks. I really like Gibbs White. And then, you know, he's a bit of a live wire every game. Um, so I like him, Jesse Lingard still a no for me but i'd love for him yeah. to come into some sort of fpl form um so probably from a forest perspective gibbs white obviously dean henderson um mitrovich has got a you know a very uh up and down penalty record and henderson's got a really good penalty saving record so like yeah. again you can just imagine a Mitrovic taking a pen henderson saving it um <laughs> and someone like henderson being a really good pick for this game um yeah so i do think there is some some value in in some of these forest players and then from a Fulham perspective uh obviously mitrovic um you know he's he's sort of the player to have for fulham um pereira uh, who you mentioned like if you're not on wild card and you're not on free hit and you've got Pereira, you know you play him um another live wire um but i'll be interested as well to see if fulham start willian this week as well or if yeah. um if they bring willian off the bench because he's someone else that um like again I don't know what willian we're going to get at Fulham um you know whether it's just going to be the willian that we saw at Arsenal where he just didn't really want to play or if it's going to be the willian that's you know wants to be involved um and stuff so that would be an interesting one but yeah I think there's there's definitely some options on both sides um but yeah I'll I'll go sort of Fulham to just edge it and um but yeah I'd still wouldn't completely uh, completely write off the forest assets. Obviously, Nico Williams as well. Uh, if you start him, um,
0: you know, he can always get an assist as well. So, yeah, I think it'll be a good game. No, definitely. It's interesting because there have been over 200,000 managers that have bought Mitrovic in this week, which I'm not sure they account for wild cards and free hits. And you might be able to tell me whether they do or not. But I think that might just be people without the wild cards getting him in.
1: Sorry, was that um
0: Mitrovic? Yeah, he's sitting at 27% own. He's had over 200,000 transfers in this week, so I'm not sure whether that accounts for free hits and wild cards or whether that's just, I feel like it would
1: be that's yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's actually a really good point because I'm guessing, like, with a free hit. What people tend to do, and the same as a wild card, is they bring Mitrovic in, and then they might be like, Actually, I want to see what my team looks like without Mitrovic, and they keep transferring him in and transferring him out. So, I wonder if that then is yeah. counting as like a transaction, or if it's just genuinely to be fair, like that does sound about right. You know, there's about you know, sort of nine million players this year, um, 200,000 probably seems about right in terms of people bringing him in. I think, um, you know, that, um, yeah, I think I think that's right. I don't think it would even maybe wouldn't include the wild cards or free hits right now. That's probably just the the transfers with this fixture and um yes, yeah, so that's probably about right. That's a, yeah, it's a lot of managers and his ownership's really shut up. So um yeah, look, I don't own him, so um yeah, it's another player that's yeah, going to cause pain if he scores. Would you be trading out a Jesus for him this week? Uh, no, nah, cuz like, I've got that option. Like I've got that option. I've even got the option to bring Harry Kane in for Jesus, right? And Harry Kane's got Leicester at home, who he's got a great record against. Uh, Arsenal, after the international break, who he's got a great record against. He's got a good record against most clubs, but there's obviously particular clubs he kind of always scores against. Um, But even with that, I'm not bringing in even Kane for Jesus, because I look at it and think there's still a good opportunity for Jesus in this game to... um, you know grab a goal uh grab a couple of goals like i know brentford you know pretty tight at the back but you know you'd still back there to be goals from both teams so if i'm not going to bring in uh harry kane for, for jesus then um yeah definitely won't be bringing in um Mitrovic for him i just think this could be a good opportunity for jesus owners to kind of hold him with everyone selling him um yeah you know and you just you just never know like he, it's a good fixture for him again though what i will say is that could change tomorrow when um you know the europa league's been played and you know pending on if he played or if he got injured or you know what the situation is with arsenal because they do play in europe um, yeah but for me i think it's actually potentially a good opportunity as a so jesus owner this week to kind of you know keep him for this game and um yeah it's 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 an interesting one because you look at it right at the start of the season if you looked at the fixture run and you looked at brentford versus arsenal you would have looked at it and said, of course, I'll play Jesus against Brentford. Yeah. So I still will probably keep with that at the moment. I think I've got other positions that need a bit more work, but yeah, interesting one.
0: No, definitely. We might get into our next fixture, which is Wolves and Man City. We all saw what happened last year in this fixture. (laughs) KDB got the four goals and, you know, just absolutely destroyed Wolves and, You know, Wolves have been okay defensively this year, but probably not at the level they were early last season. So I could see, you know, Man City, I I thought were a little bit poor this morning in the Champions League. So, you know, and they did rest a few plays. They rested the likes of a a Foden as well. So, you know, I actually could see them, you know, having an all right win, maybe a 3-0 win against Wolves. You know, it, it could be a tricky fixture, but I just think that Man City have got too much class and the Wolves, I just don't think... They have enough attack to kind of trouble Man City where they can put Man City on the back foot and, you know, have to sort of play a bit more conservative. I think that, you know, Man City will score early and I think that they'll dictate the pace for the game. And, you know, I think Harlan obviously is a robot. He's probably going to score again. (laughs) I don't think there's going to be many games this year where we're talking about him not scoring. Mm -hmm. But I actually like the look of Foden this week. I think for... You know, he got a rest and I think he's ready to go. And it, and we've seen games like this last season where the obvious picks of KDB and obviously this year we've got Haaland, but it's usually a player outside of, you know, the main players that they get the points. And I think Foden could be this person this week where everyone's expecting the KDB and the Haaland and then you come away with the game and you might get one goal from Haaland. You might get two goals from Foden and an assist from KDB instead of, People are left feeling, you know, a bit disappointed because no one really sort of thought outside the two main people. But, you know, I'm probably not going to look at Wolves' assets at all for a little bit. I think uh, we just had a question come in now. I'll just get that up. Um, Diego Costa, 5.5. It's interesting because Mm -hmm. he has Premier League pedigree. I'm just not sure what type of Costa we're going to (laughs) get. I'm just yeah saying. like
1: it's interesting with Costa like one of my mates sent me a stat the other day and um I think it was something um actually let me get the stat because I need to read this because this is incredible about Costa but what what I'll say is I think his price is phenomenal uh five and a half million he's a good third striker if you want to save money and walls fixtures get good someone sent me this the other day and he said uh he's been booked three more times than goals he scored since he left Chelsea. Um, and I'm pr- pretty sure he left Chelsea three or four seasons ago. Um, yeah, right, yeah. So he's picked up more bookings in that time than he has goals. So, um, <laughs> and I, and, I, and he just seems to have lost that uh, the numbers that he was getting before. I don't know if it's because he, you know, maybe because he was playing Atletico Madrid and they don't score huge amounts of goals, but then nor do Wolves. But, he does know the Premier League and he loves it. I think it's definitely a wait and see. Like you said, with Wolves, I wouldn't be sort of running to their players. Um, for this But he's not scoring I'll...
0: enough goals to entertain a punt nah. on a 5.5 Diego Costa. If they're scoring goals, different story.
1: But then again, yeah, but... they only need to bring Adama Traore on for this game because he seems to absolutely dominate Man City every time he plays them, so <laughs> <laughs> every single time Man City have actually lost uh, at the Molineux a few times since we've been back in the Prem, it's been a bit of a bogey stadium so only the they're last on couple it, yeah. of years they've kind of turned it, yeah, around and um, they've, and they've, they've been, in, they've won at the Etihad a couple of times uh, there was the a one where Adama Traore scored a couple and they won 2-0 so like they're a bit of a bogey team and they have had a week off, no no game so um, yeah it's, um could be a bit of a banana skin for city but yeah you like your own... like all goals is a bit of a worry what's your prediction you know what like it's tough cuz like wolves like you said just never they create look like they're always going to create so much or they create lots and then i always find they like there's always just like an, just an inch away from scoring or like you know, they hit the bar and it's just always so unlucky. But yeah, look, I think they'll score this weekend. And I think oh, a bit of me saying 1-1, one, one. I feel like Wolves might grind a draw. But I think, yeah, I'll go 2-1 Man City. I don't think it's going to be a complete whitewash or a complete annihilation because the games are stacking up now. And I think the Dortmund game would have taken a lot out of Man City. Um, obviously, they've got lots of quality and lots of good players um but i'll back i'll still back them to win but i don't think it's going to be the easiest game um looks like kyle Walker's is injured so they'll have to play Cancelo on the right side and maybe ake or gomez on the left side gomez obviously doesn't know the premier league ake's out of position when he plays there um so i do think it will be um yeah i think it'll be a tough game it's a tough place to go i'll
0: go but i'll go 2 one man city yeah, Roddy, I'm just getting the stats up now. So the last three fixtures, City have scored 10 goals and conceded two. Hmm. So, you know, Cancelo looks like a good pick as well because I don't see um, Wolves sort of conceding too much. Maybe even a double up a City this week if you're on a free hit. Might be worth looking at. I'm not sure who the second asset. Would you bring me go like a Diaz or would you maybe take a throw at the stunts and maybe go an Ake?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think... I don't know. City's defence hasn't done it for me this season, especially away from home. Um, and I know it's Wolves and they don't score many, but like, if I had to go two, it would be Cancelo and um, probably just the goalkeeper, just because you know he's going to play. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, at the moment, I've got to triple up a City this week. So once we talk about my side, I'll, I'll reveal who I've uh, <laughs> chosen. But we might just quickly talk about the captaincy here. So we've got a uh, son setting 100%. We'll have the captain on on this week. I think that's obviously a pretty smart decision just because, you know, there's no seller this week. You've got Kane, you've got Son. But, you know, how many teams have got Kane or Son in their side? Like, I'm not sure how many will mm-hmm. have Kane. So, yes, yeah, probably maybe him or KDB, but then there's rumours are that, you know, KDB could get rested this week, but I think that's just yeah. sort of grumblings from, you know, the previous uh, time they played the midweek fixture and then he got rested. But yeah, Harlan's probably the best captain this week, but I also think that the likes of Mitrovic and maybe even a Jesus have some value, but um yeah, Harlan's probably the number one captaincy option this week. And I think he's going to be the most popular.
1: I think he will. I think like, you know when balls come in the box for City, he's gonna be there. You know, he'll bundle him in off, you know, two shots a game, they'll both go in. And um, yeah, he's he's the safe captain pick this weekend. But there's definitely other captains, like you said, Kane's record against is ridiculous. He yeah. is a captain shout. Um Son will get to that when we obviously do the Spurs game, but um yeah, but I think yeah, Hullum will be will be the uh, the main one. Um but yeah, it's uh yeah, I, I can't see many people going against him. No,
0: I'm sort of I think I'm looking at Haaland this week, but you know, I'm looking at around Harlan as well. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see how we go. Um, we might get on to our next picture, which is Newcastle and Bournemouth. Um, what's the saying this season? Whoever plays Bournemouth, target their players. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, but I don't know if it's gonna be like that now after um nah. after that win. They've looked they've looked a lot better. Hmm. Um I still think they're pretty suspect defensively. I still think they'll concede this week, but, you know, they've shown the likes of Solenke. What's that? Two goals in two games now for Solanke. So, you know, they are showing signs. Billings look good in attack as well. So, you know, I could see this being a tricky game maybe for Newcastle. It just depends what Newcastle shows up because if I'm hearing St. Max is not playing again this week. So, I think with St. Max Planer probably would have said that it could be a good win for Newcastle, but I think this could be maybe a 1-0 win for Newcastle with Trippier getting an assist, of course. Um, <laughs> and uh, Isaac, I think you know he's a good option this week as well. I think just because of the array of options up top we have at the moment, I think you can afford to spend that third spot on the likes of a um a Tony... Um, a Solanke even, um, and an Isaac, I think, are uh, definitely good options sort of as a sort of a bit of a punt.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I like Isaac.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts on the game? Do you think it's going to be a tight game or can you see Newcastle sort of doing the mm. business?
1: I think it'll be tight. Like we saw Newcastle when they played Palace. Uh, the game was nil-nil and Newcastle did have chances. Isaac had a couple of chances, but then so did Palace. Like, Pope was man of the match. He made lots of saves. There some really, really good saves. On another day, Palace might score one or two if they're a little bit more yeah. clinical. Um, so I don't think it's going to be plain sailing for Newcastle. I'll go 2 1. I think they'll win the game and I think they'll have enough. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think Bournemouth might have a little bit more of a spring in their step now. Obviously, Parker got them promoted and he was a great manager from, but him just obviously getting fired seem to have lifted a bit of a weight off the player's shoulders, um, you know, for whatever reason. And they've got a couple of results now. So, um, you know, I'll back, our back 2-1 and I think, uh, you know, Solanke or Billing, you know, they could be, you know, the ones that grab a goal. And um, from a Newcastle point of view, I think Isaac is the man for this game. I think it's a really good home fixture for him. Um, so yeah, I'd say like you, you can't really look past Isaac, and I would have said the same about Saint Maximum in this game. But yeah, like you said, he's not going to play. So yeah, really liking Isaac um, from Newcastle, and I'm liking sort of the Billing, Solanke uh, combination from Bournemouth because um, yeah, I think they'll give it a go, and I think they'll um, you know I think they'll score. Also, they'll they'll want to um, you know, they'll want to play well because Eddie Howe is now the Newcastle manager. He was at Bournemouth for so long. Um, yeah. you know, I can see it being a really good game, this. A bit He's actually thinking it could be a sort of a 3-2, you know, to Newcastle, and there could be a bit of a uh kind of end-to-end game. But I'm going to go
0: 2-1. Yeah, no, I like it. I think Pope's a good option this week, I think, for the next maybe four to five fixtures. I think he's probably one of the best value for money at 5.0. I think he might even be 5.1 now. But I think um he holds... You know, he's similar to those 4.5 assets where you're going to get the save points, but and probably more clean sheets. Like I could probably see Over him keeping, you know, similar to what Ramsdale did last year where a lot of people, you know, kind of were a bit worried um, about conceding goals. But, you know, with a couple of clean sheets plus, you know, all the added on the extras, you know, you're looking at some weeks like a double-digit haul. So <laughs> I think... Yeah, and, you know, last year I poo-pooed Pope a little bit, but he was playing for Burnley. So it wasn't more Pope the player, it was just Pope playing for Burnley. So this year, you know, I think he's a better asset.
1: No, I agree. I remember him being really good uh, for a few years ago under Burnley, obviously not last season, but those sort of first few years at Burnley and he was, you know, getting big scores. And I think he was the highest scoring keeper for one year. Um yeah. and I feel like we've got that Pope back. Um, you know, and a Newcastle defense that's, you know, a bit more solid. They've had a lot of money go into that defense with Botman, uh, Dan Byrne, uh, Matt Target, uh, Trippier. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's looking pretty solid, but I'll back a Bournemouth goal this weekend. But I still think Pope is a really good long term goalkeeper to have. So, yeah, well worth
0: having on, on a wild card. No, definitely. If you didn't have the money to go to Trippier, would you? what other defensive asset would you look at? Would you go maybe a Botman or would you try go maybe a target?
1: I'd go Botman. I think I'd go uh, – I'd look at the set-piece threat because you're then getting the um, the reverse effect of Trippier. So, like, Trippier gives you the assist from the set-piece. Yeah. But when he puts the corner or the or the set-piece in, you know, he's aiming for the, the big defenders. And I saw Botman get on the end of one against Palace the other week, and it was a really good header and it got uh, – knocked off the line, um, yeah, you know, and um, yeah, he's, you know, he's a big centre-back, him and Byrne. um, Yeah, but I'll, I'll, uh, I'd say, yeah, yeah, Botman, I think, Uh, as long as he's definitely got his place, because we have seen Shah, you know, play play minutes and stuff. But um, yeah, I think um, I'd go one of the centre-backs for sure.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. We might get into our next game. I sort of, I'll speak briefly on this, then I'll let you uh, get in your Spurs mojo, but... Spurs and Leicester. I think um, in out of reality, I'd kind of love it if this game finished like five four, and we had just goals <laughs> galore and the likes As of before. Madison. It was five four <laughs> a few years ago at Wembley. Yeah, right. Well, a nice five four win would be nice for Spurs. I think five goals, maybe Son, you know, getting off the mark for a nice little hat trick. Maybe Kane getting a double, and then see Madison just put in a hat trick of free kicks would be you know, <laughs> the perfect scenario. But I'm thinking that it could be about a 3-1 win for Spurs. I thought Spurs are poor today in the Champions League. Sorry, Matt, but, you know, they just didn't look their best. But, you know, I mm. think that they're going to want a response from that that performance. I think Son, who we've spoken for numerous weeks, is, has not been his best self. So, you know, I could see... I just don't understand why Conte would bench him to try get him to improve. I think you just need to play him out of his funk because he's a quality player. And, you know, if he does bag a goal or two goals this week, we've seen last season when he does start scoring, it just carries on. So I'm backing a Son performance this week and I'm backing a 3-1 win for Spurs. I think Kane, Son, I think Emerson Royal's a good pick. Um not sure about Perisic because he did start this morning. So I'm not sure whether they will double up and start him again. But um, yeah, those are probably the three that I'm looking at. What about you, Matt? Are you looking at like a Richarlison or?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't know what team. I, I think there'll be changes. Um, Just going back on your other point about goals in this game, there's been a lot of goals in this fixture down the years. We've seen numerous four threes. Uh, we've seen Kane hat tricks. We've seen six nils, uh, five fours. So it's definitely a fixture that's that's goals before. We saw um the um three two at the king power last season as well, where Bergvine got the two late goals. So it's a fixture that always brings goals. Um but yeah, it's such a tricky one. Like having this I've late set on
0: that, Matt, sorry. Um yeah. last three fixtures, Spurs have scored ten goals and Leicester have scored five. So
1: hmm. Always goals, there's always goals, and like Leicester obviously letting goals in for fun at the moment as well. So, um, (laughs) but yeah, we've had the big win against Southampton at home 4 1. Uh, we got a couple of goals against Fulham, but we should have had more uh, in that game. Um, hit the post at the end, had a disallowed goal. Um, you know, and then other than that, being a little bit underwhelming, Champions League. We did have chances, um, but Lloris was keeping us in the game at the same time, and then we got the sucker punch with the late goals. Um, so I think on the back of that performance, there will be changes from Conte. I can see uh, Longley coming in in the back three. I think he there's he starts. Uh, Sassignon will go in at, on the left side for Perisic, in my opinion. I think we might even see Doherty or Spence instead of Emerson Royal. Um yeah. I, I can just see that move happening. Um, and it could be Doy. Um, so I can see that happening, maybe even Spence for that injection of pace. Um, and as for Son, like I'd love to sit here and say, Yeah, bring him in and captain him, but <sighs> he was just so bad against Lisbon the other night. I hate saying it, but he was awful, he was awful. He was just yeah, tired. Um he just looks exhausted. And I know he did a lot of travel with South Korea in the off-season. Um, you know, he met up with the players in Korea for the for the season tour. He missed a little bit of the preseason, So I can see the reason to bench him in terms of the fact of, you know, maybe just give him, you know, that time off and then get him back into the team once the international break's done. You know, and he needs... There's also a, a point of, like, Son needs to know that you know if you drop your performance for a few games you can't just keep playing because that was one thing that just happened under pochettino if kane wasn't playing well deli ali wasn't playing well son ericsson there was never anyone to replace them um yeah whereas now if son's not playing well bring kulezewski and kulezewski was brilliant off the bench against lisbon um he was brilliant off the bench against fulham in the game before and i think if um and also against Marseille in the Champions League, and I think if the game last week against, um, oh, I was thinking the game we had called off last week, um, who was Spurs playing last week in the called off fixture? Um, that was Man City. I think if that game hadn't been called off, Klosezki was going to play in that game, um, in the front three. And then what Conte said before the Champions League was because the Man City game got called off, I've changed my mind on who my front three is um, against Sport in Lisbon. Uh, And he ended up playing Richarlison, Son and Kane. Um, Yeah, and I think this weekend, like, it's tough because Richarlison's looking sharp. He's looking hungry for goals. Um, Kuliszewski's been brilliant. So I think Kuliszewski starts. Um, So then it's who will drop out? Will it be Son or will it be Richarlison? And Richarlison's showing the form. So the fans are saying, well, it can't really be Richarlison. But then at the same time, Kane wasn't very good in the week against Lisbon he looked tired he looked a bit exhausted his touch wasn't there and Conte's already said Kane will not play every single game this season um yep. you know so that would be a huge shock if they were like look let's let's play Richarlison Kuliszewski and and Son that would kind of really shock everyone but i think it would be Kulizewski, Rich Richarlison and Kane And yep. i do think Son will drop to the bench um yep. but yeah that you, you never know but i just think The form isn't there, and I think it will be a good week to own Kulosevsky, in my opinion. But yeah, I'd love for some to come in and do well, of course. Uh, But for me, I think Kulosevsky's the pick, and I think obviously Kane, you know, is going to be in a lot of teams. You know, I can understand that pick as well. Um, I think on a free hit, someone like Ryan Sessignon could be a good pick, um, or even maybe, um. Uh, like an Eric Dyer, because you know you're going to get him to play Leicester are really vulnerable from set pieces um, you know, he can attack those set pieces so I think you know that's that's kind of where I'm at with Spurs players
0: no definitely do you think with Son it's a case of what we saw last year when he went through that sort of bit of a runway a lot of people were frustrated with owning mm. him that he's a, a confidence type of guy so when these chances you know he hit the post the other week I think I I was talking to um, Damo the other day because he was asking about Sol and I said like the last two games before the Champions League this morning, he'd, I think he'd had eight shots, like four chances created, a bar hit and one saved off the line. Do you think he's more of a confidence bloke? So if he, you know, one of these weeks bangs two goals in, then the next week you see him a bit more energised or do you think it's just he's just fatigued and it's something that, you know, you kind of don't want to, have that risk?
1: I think yeah. Uh, I think it is. It's true because he did hit the post against uh, Wolves at home, and then he hit the um, the post or the bar against Fulham. So it's not like he um, hasn't come close. He still put himself in the right positions um, and had chances to score. Um, so he easily could have come. I think against Southampton on the first day, he had a couple of opportunities. So he still could have had two or three goals at this stage but i think it's more so the fact of he just isn't looking himself in terms of his his body and his fitness he's just not his touch isn't there he's not beating the man um yeah you know he's not making the runs ahead of kane um and i think it is more um so the fact that you know he's probably just a little bit tired right now um you know and he he probably just needs yeah, maybe I don't know. Like I still think he'll come into form. He'll get his goal and He'll keep coming and coming and coming. I do think he needs a little bit of a um, you know kind of a rest, a rest in a way. There's a lot of people yeah. saying Perisic is taking his space on the left hand side, um, you know, which could play a part. But at the same time, Son was so explosive in the last ten games last season when Harry Kane would pick the ball up from deep, and he would yeah. play the ball into the space, and Son would run onto it. Or well, every time Kane looked for looked up he'd look for son whereas now he's looking up he's looking for Rich Allison. He's looking for um, you know, he's been looking for Kulazevsky when he's played. Um but a lot of the time now was looking for Charleston. I saw it the other day against Lisbon he looked up and he looked for Rich Allison and not Son. Um so you know that's kind of kind of um and a lot of Spurs game in the last few years was just built around Kane and Son. So um, yeah. there's also now there's not a heavy reliance on Son like there was before for Spurs be able to get to be able to get results. So um, there is that as well, but I do think to answer your question, it's more so he's just a um, you know, just a little bit, a little bit tired. Um and yeah, it's um I'd be very surprised if Kulaswski doesn't start. So we'll just have to see who who the other one is that drops in or drops out, sorry. Um yeah. but yeah, I think everyone's concerned about Perisic taking Son's position on the left, but um You know, I've seen Son towards the end of last season play directly through the middle, Kane kind of dropping into a number 10 position and just playing it through to Son every time and Son finishing it. Um, So I don't think, um, you know, that necessarily is one of the issues. I just think, yeah, he's just a little bit, um, he's just a little bit off it at the moment. His touch isn't there, but yeah, could be a good weekend to Rich Richarlison as well.
0: Even though Spurs are getting results, I still don't think that they've consistently been great. No, They've not grinded results out but last season when Son was getting all his goals there was consistent like six, seven week blocks of games where Spurs just looked Smash unbeatable.
2: Hmm.
1: Yeah, so, it's been like that and I think yeah, it's, it's um, haven't quite got going in terms of the free-flowing stuff, had patches of it but yeah, but this is yeah, this Leicester team like you'd expect us to win this game like maybe 2-0.
0: Um, yep. this Leicester team are just all over the place at the moment. No, definitely. I, I can't see Leicester winning this game. I can see them scoring, but when I say scoring, I think it just comes down to sort of individual brilliance from like a Madison or a Vardy, not because you know they're a good, um, <laughs> like a good team. I think that they have been quite poor, and I think defensively, you know, if Spurs show up and are firing on all cylinders, I just don't see a reality where they don't score multiple goals this game.
1: <laughs> yeah, hopefully.
0: We might get on to our next fixture, which is Brentford and the Arsenal. So if this is this could be a tricky fixture. We saw last season when they played at Brentford, they lost 2-0. It was week one, um, and they are a lot better side this year. But, you know, it could be a tricky fixture. I think early on in this game, it could be tricky. But I'm hoping that Arsenal sort of, you know, get, get an early goal or at least before half time and can kind of get their confidence up because at times they the likes of Jesus, Martinelli and Saka just look like an unstoppable trio up top. But you know, Brentford have got Tony who in transition has probably been one of the form strikers in the Premier League at the moment. I think just the way they play and integrate Tony into that lineup, it's it's almost like they base their whole attack around breaking on the counter and making sure that Tony gets the ball when he makes his runs and you know we've seen over the last few weeks Arsenal have been quite vulnerable on the transition and then I think it was against uh, Man United where two of the the two goals that they conceded were in transition and on the counter so you know I think I could see both teams scoring this game I'm going to pick Arsenal win I think a 2-1 win to Arsenal but I think it's going to be one of those games where if you've tipped Arsenal, if you're an Arsenal fan, you've gonna you're gonna be on the edge of your seat because I think it's gonna be multiple chances given to Tony. Not, you know, he could score everyone, but you know, I think two-one win, I think Jesus, I think this is a game where he's gonna we've seen uh was week two where he did his 19 points. I think that's gonna be something similar. I could see him getting both goals, and I think Martinelli will be involved and I think Saka possibly in another goal as well. But I think this could be the week of Jesus and yeah, hopefully for us, for the people that have, you know, stuck solid within this week, I think hopefully he rewards us and we, we get a nice little return. Um, what are your predictions, mate?
1: Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one because last season, Arsenal, you know, we're in a good, uh, you know, they, they had a good season. See, they, they ended up finishing fifth. Um And they were able to, you know, put strings of results together. They were winning games. Obviously, they didn't win this game, but there were similar games like this last season. Away from home, they were able to win the game 1-0. You know, they kept clean sheets. They had one of the, I think, top six, top seven defences in the league. Um, You know, and I feel like if this was last season with no European football, um, you know, they'd come away and maybe win this game 1 or 2-0. This season, they're playing Thursdays to Sundays, which is a completely different dynamic. Um and it changes everything. Look, Arsenal still might, you know, play slightly different lineup in the morning against um I'm not actually sure who they're playing in the Europa League. I know they played PSV last week. Um, I think it was um get PSV this week. Um so they obviously have their Europa League game. And even if you don't play the same team tonight as what they'd play on Sunday, it's still the travel, it's still the interruption to training. Everyone knows Thursday to Sunday is a completely different dynamic. To um, you know, to not playing in the week or even to the Wednesday to Sunday like the Champions League stuff, um, and Arsenal never had that last season, and I think that will um, be a big test for them, especially against Brentford, who it doesn't haven't have a game score. for Arsenal in the Europa League this week. Is it not? Oh a- my god, it's been called off. Yeah, it's been called off, hasn't it? It was PSV at home. Uh, okay, yeah. well, that changes everything in this game. Yeah, that's right. They called it off, right? So uh, that was called off. Um, yeah, okay. Well, normally I'd say Thursday to Sunday would completely change the dynamic. And now that's not happening. I think that changes my thought process. Look, Brentford have not failed to score in any game this season.
0: Yeah.
1: But I think Arsenal will win the game 2-0. And... um. Yeah, I think they'll win 2 0. I think Jesus will look Jesus is kind of showing lately what exactly what I thought he'd be. Uh you know, a good player, you know, good on the ball. Um, but he's not a 20 goal a season forward, never has been. Um, but he's obviously a top player. And he and he you know, I I think he will score in this game. Um, and I think, you know, maybe a set piece or something like that, like a um, Arsenal goal from a set piece. Uh, you know they, they seem to love a goal from like a corner, or you know they've done it a few times with Saliba this season. So yeah, I think Arsenal will win it two nil. Um, I've got Tony, I've got Raya, I've got Zinchenko, I've got Martelli, I've got Jesus. I've got a ton of players in this game. So for me, I'm trying to work out what the best score would be. Like, would it be two two? Uh, Tony grabbing a couple of goals, Jesus grabbing a couple of goals with Zinchenko assist, David Raya making you know six, seven, eight saves, or would it be uh you know Brentford winning 2-0, Tony getting two goals, and David Raya getting the clean sheet. Um, so yeah, I'm trying to work out what the best score from an from an FPL point of view is, but I think Arsenal will win the game 2-0. Um, I'd be surprised if they if they don't win this. Um, you know, if you yeah. want to become a Champions League team, uh, you've got to be winning these games or or at least not losing them. Um, you know, so yeah, I, I think I think Arsenal will win the game 2-0.
0: Yeah, we've got another supporter of your Tony pick, mate, so hopefully he does back it up. Um, I hope for it your sake. Sense. And <laughs> I think, you know, the ideal outcome this game would be just a five-all draw, I think. <laughs> yeah. But we still need David. I still need David ray to make a ton of saves. Uh, maybe two-all then. Two Save all a and, pen. Um, nine, yeah. <laughs> Save a pen, but um, off Odegaard, not a Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, what got? We've got another comment here. 150,000 people transferring out Hazus this week, which is on top of, I think it was close to 280,000 last week or 300,000 last week. So there's 400,000 managers Hat- in two weeks. Hat come in then for Hazus. Hopefully, because I'm never, ever on the good side of things. I'm always <laughs> on the bad side <laughs> of things. <laughs> so it would be nice to sort of have the shoe on the other foot this week. But... Yeah, I think this could be actually a cracking game to watch. I think it's going to be very fast, very – I see it's fast-flowing, and I think the likes of Tony, Jesus, Saka, Odegaard, Martinelli, you know, I think there's going to be a a nice attacking game. I don't think – unfortunately for you, mate, I don't think there's going to be any defensive uh, relevance this game. I think it's just going to be all attack. If Brentford win the game, then,
1: um, you know – that, that, that's all that matters to me. So I'm happy if Brentford win the game regardless
0: of what goes on. So we'll see. Well, we might get into our last fixture, which is Everton and West Ham. This could be nil all, or Relegation battle. Could... <laughs> it is the relegation battle. Just thought I'd down. say
1: that whilst Damo's not on tonight.
0: <laughs> but yeah, it could be anything this game. It could be a nil or draw and just nothing happens, or it could be West Ham's coming out game to show everyone that they are massive and they're not this tiny little club in, um, you know, near Spurs in London. So <laughs> I think this could be the game that they um, make a statement. I'm backing, you know, maybe like a 2-0 2, two nil win to West Ham, maybe 2-1 because a lot of people are going for um, defensive assets. So I think a nice little 2-1 win to little West Ham and Bowen backing Backing himself and getting a goal or two, I think this could be the game that sort of hopefully sparks Bowen's season and, um, you know, it can become an asset again. Like, because when he was priced at 8.5, which is probably fair from what he did last season, but from what we've seen this season, he should be priced at about $5.5 So, (laughs) but yeah, I'm not really going to consider any evident assets. I just think that, mm, like, Patterson's looked good, but there's still just a team full of, uncertainty for me. I just can't put my finger on it. Like, Gordon's looked good at times, but not consistently. So I think the only assets I'm sort of looking at is maybe West Ham. I think Piqueta, Pe, uh, if you don't have the money to go Bowen, I think is a nice little pick. Um, probably wouldn't go Skimaka because I'm not sure whether he's going to start.
2: It's nah, too inconsistent
0: with how they line up. So I think those two are my only shouts this week. Um, what about you, Matt? What's your sort of predictions
1: um again this will rely on west ham and they'll be playing thursday to sunday do they have a europa conference game uh, i think they do or the borat cup as i, <laughs> I call it it's the you know the, cup the demo up for the sake of it the demo we're massive league
0: um i believe west play. ham are in they, it, play, and they, do. Yeah. they play against Silkeborg, which I've never heard of, somewhere in uh, Europe on machine.
1: Sil Silkeborg, which is a Portuguese team. So they've probably got more pedigree than West Ham, to be fair. And they're probably, uh, they could be quite a <laughs> good size. Um, yeah, you know what? Again, though, traveling away, you're playing Thursday to Sunday. West Ham have got a small squad. Um, you know, they don't have sort of two players for every position. Um, I think this could be nil nil, or it could yeah. be an Everton win 1-0 and I'll tell you why Everton have signed two really good defenders Connor Cody and James Tarkovsky who yeah. just solid Premier League footballers um, Connor Cody was brilliant for Wolves was their captain um, obviously went on loan to Everton because he wanted to live closer to, to home because he's from Liverpool. So yeah. um, great signing. What Lampard's done at Everton this season, because they've look, they've not won a game, but they've not lost many games. They've tightened up at the back. They've not yeah. lost too heavily. Obviously, they've got the 0-0 draw against Liverpool. Um, they've had a couple of 1-1 draws in there as well. And I think he's obviously thought, look, I can't play all this gung-ho football that he's known to play at Derby, Chelsea when he first got to Everton. He thought I'll build it from the back, and he's come in and he's got um you know two really good centre backs there, like Premier League centre backs, you know, for that that level of the table that they're gonna be in. Um so yeah, with West Ham playing a game tonight, I'm gonna back Everton uh, to either win the game one-nil uh, or you know, maybe take a nil-nil draw um from an Everton perspective. Um I think Anthony Gordon's a really good pick this week for five and a half um he's scored a couple of goals lately um he's looked really lively he's had a lot of shots um so anthony gordon is someone i'm even considering as a transfer into my team i think west ham could be tired from this this um europa conference you know
0: tournament once they Um, they'll be tired before they even get there because they're not sure they (laughs) know where it is (laughs) yeah
1: and um so i think it'll be a tough game and then um but look, if I was that, that's from Everton, if I was looking at a West Ham player for this, I'd probably be because Everton are low scoring and I can I can still see potentially this just petering out into a kind of a nil-nil draw, I'd be looking at Emerson for four million. Um yeah, right. if we think he's gonna get the call ahead of Cresswell. Did score in the Europa Conference last week. He gets forward a lot. Um he can attack. We'd seen that for Italy when he's played for Italy. We've seen it when he did get the odd game every now and then at Chelsea. Um, which wasn't very often, but he'd, he'd get the odd game in the Champions League group stages, of the Cup, uh, and he's only four million, so like he might be like a nice little pick. Um, but yeah, like I, I think it could be a yeah 0 nil or maybe one 0 to the uh, the
0: Toffees. No, definitely we might just get um just like to welcome Steve to the to the stream. <laughs> I had a chuckle. (laughs) Had a bit of a chuckle mentioning is it time to consider T Rex hands in the FPL team after his Liverpool performance? So for anyone that didn't tune in for our watch along uh, with the Everton and Liverpool derby, um, Steve was speaking about (laughs) how small um, Pickford's arms were and how amazing he was doing (laughs) in goals and (laughs) pulling off nine saves against Liverpool. So. Mate, that is. uh, I just laugh every time I think of T Rex. I think now every time I think of T Rex, and it's going to think of you, Steve. So, not sure whether that's a good or a bad thing, mate. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Yeah, they call him the T Rex Arms. And um, he is injured, though, Pickford. So, um, we're not going to see him in action. I think he's got a uh, quite serious injury. So, they've brought in um, Jakub Povich. He used to play for Hull, Hull City. So, um, yeah, he was a bit of an FPL legend when he was at Hull for a while. so yes, it definitely won't be coming into my team, Steve, but um yeah, look, if he was uh if he wasn't injured, he probably wouldn't be a bad call for this game because yeah,
0: he manages to get his his you know T-Rex arms to to the ball a lot, so a face off between two ex Premier League greats in Begovic and uh Povich, so <laughs> yeah. yeah, Begovic. Yeah. What a what a dynamic duo. <laughs> <laughs> We've got another question in. So where is Bowen of last season gone? I just think it's come down to how, I guess, not bad, but just not great uh, West Ham has been. I just don't think in attack they've been as sharp as they were last season. I don't mean, think they're creating as many chances, and which means Bowen's not really getting the opportunity to – I think that he's flashed every now and again, but, yeah, I just don't think um, they've just been great. To be honest, sorry, demo. you look like a relegation side at the moment, mate. You're looking like uh, Man United of week one and two this season. So, <laughs> Yeah,
1: I think the problem with Bowen and West Ham at the moment is it's more so at the start of the season, there was quite a lot of noise from their fans, unrest, where they were like, you know, where are the sign-ins? I think they've set themselves a little bit of an expectation the last couple of years with you know, they've had a couple of decent finishes you know managed to get into the Europa League last year got to the semis, got to the Europa conference this year you know and that's you know even getting into Europe's future West Ham so their fans yeah. kind of had an expectation that we should be signing players we should be building the squad because you need a bigger squad if you're playing in Europe um and then West Ham kind of start the season with the same squad, the same players that we would seen for the last two years um yeah. you know and everyone else made signings and strengthened around, strengthened around them. So they kind of were like flat, you know, they didn't score for the first few games. Um, and then they thought, look, we actually need to do something here. So they signed uh, Scamacha, they signed Piquetta, I think they brought a couple of others in, you know, and they've kind of you know, refreshed the squad a little bit more. So, you know, you would expect them to start picking up results again. But um, yeah, I also think as well, like David Moyes, he's had a couple of good years, you know, with West Ham, but his style of football does, you know, it's not something that's sustainable long-term. It's like, um, you know, there is a lot of long balls. There is, um, you know, a lot of uh, like percentage type of football. Um, Yeah. And like it works for a couple of years and then there'll be a season where it just doesn't work. And then there'll be another season where it's high tempo and then it works again. But this year, like one of the comments has just come in Uh, the European fatigue and the type of football David Moyes wants to play um, could be a worry for West Ham. Um, So, yeah, it's, um, yeah, but they've got more than enough quality to, you know, find themselves in kind of like the top half and stuff. But yeah, I think, um, yeah, they've obviously not had the best start. they have not had the
0: best start. No, definitely. I think West Ham remind me of FIFA. So they they bring a new game out and everyone expects it to be different, but it's just the same game. And then they add a few couple of different, you know, you know, the Volta or whatever it is, the, the, the futsal mode on FIFA is Pequeta. Like it's nice, but (laughs) it's just not much going. Scamach is like the player (laughs) that you just edited
1: into the game and uh, (laughs) he looks cool. He's got all the tattoos and, you know, he looks, he looks cool and stuff and, you know, but, (laughs) We don't know if he's any good because he hasn't actually played really, has he? Like, like, see, one of them. West Ham never have luck with strikers. Like, it's been a long time now where, like, even Antonio, who had his good minutes and moments, he was never even a striker anyway. He was like a fullback that converted into a striker. But I think there's like a stat with West Ham: the amount of strikers they've had in the Premier League and they've just like it's ridiculous and they are just yeah, I can't remember the last good striker. Maybe like when they had the foe for a little bit, but then you know he left. But Yeah, you know, they've had loads of...
0: They're good at picking strikers, just not not having the strikers they pick play good for them. So, like, Sebastian Heller, terrible at West Ham, but great striker outside Mm. of West Ham.
1: (laughs) Carlton Cole, terrible at West Ham, pretty much terrible everywhere else. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's true uh you know i might just bring up this comment as well from steve so skimaka is an italian giraffe see the thing <laughs> is i've worked out why damo really likes skimaka so much is because he has a fascination with tall strikers last year it was the workhorse this year the workhorse has been oh, relegated so he's yeah. had to find his new workhorse mm. which is the italian giraffe so <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's starting to make sense now.
1: I think it is. He loves them, and look, I feel like we've obviously paid up West Ham a little bit tonight, and um, you know, it's it's probably because Damo isn't here. He's a big West Ham fan, and you know, they'll probably end up winning this game, and then we are just going to look
0: stupid. But we'll see. See, I'll, I've got um, Damo wanted me just to add a few words, and just because he couldn't make the pod tonight, so you know, he said that. He thinks Skamaka is a watch, which is a surprise. He's um just wanting to see whether he starts in Europe or not, because I think he said if he doesn't start Europe, it means he should start on the weekend. So maybe one to keep an eye on. I think he he thinks Bowen, Pequeta, Keria, uh, and Antonio are the other picks, but he definitely thinks that Pequeta is a better option over Bowen. So... Think more probably the price point Mm. as well, and then his position as well, playing as that number 10, sort of the Lanzini role. So, okay, yeah, word straight from the pulse in a demo who you know is the biggest slash only West Ham fan I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm surprised he's even calling that tournament Europe, but fair enough.
0: Mate, there's, there's plenty of times where you call something something that's not really, but, you know, <laughs> well, <laughs> I I can't talk. We're in Europa League, so it doesn't matter too much. Well, we might get into our differentials for this week. So this week I'm going Philip Foden for Manchester City at mm. 7% owned. I, I mentioned him in our preview of their City game that I think this could be a week where, I think the popular picks are still going to get returns, but I think he's going to be the one that, you know, is going to shock everyone and get, you know, a decent return this week. I think being rested for Europe, I think that he's going to come out and he's going to have a good game. So he's my player. I'm looking at, um, Damo has picked Pequeta. Surprise, surprise. He's going, he's the West Ham asset against Liverpool this week, which (laughs) I think is a good shout. I think only 1% of managers own Pequeta at the moment. So I think, um, a nice little punt there i think especially people doing free hits they don't want to go bow and i think the is a, a another good option there um who are you looking at this week matt um
1: he won't make it into my team because i've already got a forward line but i'll just go with isaac because he's 5.8 percent owned at the moment that could skyrocket because there's wild cards as free hits mm-hmm. um but we're also seeing people go uh harlem mitrovich kane so yep. there's not really as much space for isaac um, so I think if he remains below
0: 10%, I'll just go Isaac against Bournemouth. Yeah, no, I like it. Well, we might get into our questions. So the first question we got from Sidenet is, if you're wildcarding, would you leave funds to get seller back or spread the cash? Um, it's a difficult one because I do have hard fixtures coming up, but I was listening to a pod today. They're talking about the city fixture. City have conceded. <laughs> To every team that's been half decent, they've played this year, so mm. it's a tough one. I think you could to maybe go back. Uh, I'd have to double check. I would maybe leave it so maybe two, two um, transfers can get you back to seller. Like, mm. so maybe having at least a KDB or someone that you can kind of go back to. I wouldn't be investing that sort of premium money up top because it's a lot harder to kind of transition back to Salah if you need to, which, you know, at the moment, a lot of people, you know, are ready to forget Salah ever existed, which, you know, on current form is probably fair enough, but um we've all seen the quality that Salah has. So I probably wouldn't want him to be in a position where you can't sort of get back to him. Um, I'll just have a look. They got City at home. So it is at Anfield. So their next yeah. two fixture are Arsenal away, and they've got Brighton at home next week. So, yeah, interesting. I still think that Brighton can concede, so I probably would make it so you can get him back just in case next week. But, you know, it all depends on sort of how much you rate Brighton. What do you think?
1: Yeah, like I think – I don't think he's um, – like, you don't need him in terms of, like, he's not an absolute must-have anymore um because liverpool aren't on the form that we're used to seeing them in but what i will say is liverpool have a week off um okay there's international games but you know they might pull players out of of the international games liverpool got a week off which means there's another few more days to get their players back get tiago fully fit get arson Mello integrated into the squad who yeah. will be huge once they get those two especially tiago who makes that midfield tick we saw Matić come back in the team the other day um we know how much uh, better liverpool are when they got van dyke and Matić together he obviously scored the goal um yeah. you know there's players to come back into this side um we'll start to see more of darwin nunes again Yotta looked really good against ajax got the assist for salah and that link up when i saw that link up between Yotta and salah for that goal First thing I thought was, yeah, Salah's not leaving my team. But I'm yeah. not on a wild card. So that that's the difference. I don't have a wild card. So like for me it was like, oh cool. Everyone's transferring up Salah. That's my captain game week nine against Brighton. Brighton have no manager right now. Adam Milana. Um, you know, who knows if what, what's gonna happen there? Sort of the the He you know, might without be a brain. better
0: manager than footballer, so you never know. <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, it was a decent player. He was a decent player. Yeah, but like yeah. um I think um yeah, I think it's it could be a good opportunity for seller owners. I can see though why on a wild card you just be like, yeah, no, nah, don't need him. It, on a wild card, I can see why you'd spread the money elsewhere. You could probably get Zaha in, Madison in, um, who've got a good run of fixtures. Obviously, you know Zaha hasn't got a game this weekend, but I mean, you know, you could bench him, you could play him because they've got a great fixture run. Um, you could get in, um, yeah, James Madison, who's got a really good fixture run. You know, you could maybe gamble on someone like Kuleszewski this week. Um yeah. you know, and you could you could build a side ready for um you know for Salah to potentially hit form again and then bring him back. But um yeah, and I think as well, like you could probably just spread the funds and be confident that in game week nine you could then captain you know Harry Kane away to Arsenal because he obviously does well there, or Haaland at home to Man United, um yeah. you know, or someone like that. So I can see the idea of spreading the funds. I think it makes sense on a wild card. Um, but I think if you're not on a wild card like me, um, and you've still got Salah, find a way to keep him for game week nine because he could be that could be a great yeah. game for him, especially with the Yacht Salah. Honestly, the Yacht Salah link up the other night, it was you know, yeah, it, it was, was like, like what we saw at the start last season, yeah. And I think a lot of people are very easy just to you know, they don't see the bigger picture. And with Liverpool, um, if they've not been themselves, but there's been reasons, um. And I think I saw something the other day. The number of injuries they've had this season is ridiculous. Um, And they are a team that they, it's like they operate at their best with obviously their strongest 11. They're not like Man City, who like Man City can make four or five changes to their lineup and they still play really, really well. Um, Whereas I find with Liverpool, like, yeah, they've got good squad depth and they've got good players in plenty of positions. But I do find like, two or three key changes in that team sometimes, depending on the position, especially in midfield, you know, they're not always at the same level. And I think once Thiago comes back in that team, um, now he got us back, I think, yeah, I think Salah will be good. But yeah, just to answer the question, if you're on
0: a wild card, spread the funds. If you're not, and you own Salah, keep him. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, we've got another question. Why did I trade Salah to Anthony Gordon and not KDB? <laughs> Mate, nothing wrong it, in that. What's like, yeah. I love KDB, he's obviously
1: an unreal player, but we've seen the season. And from an FPL point of view, um, he can be like Pep still dropped him, he dropped him against Forest, didn't play him. Um, yeah, you know, Haaland's taking all the goals, he's scoring all the goals. De Bruyne, obviously, De Bruyne had that ridiculous haul against Wolves last season, but you know, Haaland's the one grabbing the line right now, so like you know, I feel like he's the main kind of goal scorer at city right now that, uh, Bernardo looking really good for city. Bernardo Silva. Yeah. That I just feel like, you know, felt like try something different. Why not? But
0: yeah, it doesn't quite <laughs> stack up. Does it De Bruyne and Anthony Gordon? No, it's a, it, <laughs> it, on paper. It's probably a strange decision, but as we said, West Ham could easily concede and it could be Gordon that's scoring the goal. And, you're a genius, mate. If it comes off, you're yeah. a genius because not very many people are going to be going down that Gordon route. I remember um, last season when Gordon got like, was it a nineteen
1: or eighteen point haul at home that time? Two goals, yeah. an assist. He's done it before as some People wouldn't laugh. He scored uh two goals for Evan in the last what three games. So um and he yeah. was getting on he was close against Liverpool a few times, but you know, he was nearly a sixty million pound player to Chelsea, so
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, we might get into our next question, which is: Is it worth a sneaky punt on parole from Southampton? um Last season, he showed a couple of games. You know, he has a, a potential attacking sort of upside. But yeah, I just I'm just not sure. I think Cole Walker. If I was going, a um, sort of going a uh, defensive assets I think Cole Walker consistently probably is showing a bit more for me but um what do you think Matt
1: I find with players like that like one of my friends earlier was telling me like he's just trying to get a defender in his squad for this weekend right and he's going through everyone you know Tyrone Mings you know Villa have got good fixtures I'm just like no what are you thinking um you know what about um you know this player or this player and I'm like you know, and this is just for the sake of him wanting to get a defender in and Perraud from Southampton um is another one. It's like he does have attack and threat, I get it. Um, but he's one of them, like you get him in just for the fixture, you know, as a transfer, like what are you can do with him after, like what do you really yeah. expect from him? Once you get him in, like he's just a pain to get out. with well, if you don't have a wild card, um, yeah. you're just gonna have to use a transfer to get rid of him soon because like he's not someone you're gonna have long term, is he? Let's be honest look for southampton if you do pick someone in that defense it's probably kyle walker peters but right now you're not picking any of their their defenders so like i'd avoid i'd avoid save a transfer play nico williams for four million instead of just picking a southampton defender that you're gonna eventually transfer
0: out i wouldn't even waste waste a transfer personally no definitely i agree i think that there's definitely a lot better options i think even just a newcastle double up i'll prefer over perot but um Next question we got, who to replace Trent Alexander-Arnold with Walker. If you have Walker, Trippier, question mark, can't do Kinsella because he's got three city assets and he's thinking of maybe just a placeholder for James next week. Um, I think if you can do Trippier, I think that's probably the best defensive asset this week. I think outside of um, city assets, I think Trippier could easily bang, bang a goal, bang an assist, get a clean sheet. So I think there's a lot of upside there. What are your thoughts, Matt? Yeah, I think is the one.
1: Um, who was the other one he mentioned?
0: Uh, Trippier? Um, he um, said that he's got Walker already, but he can't um, obviously do another City asset, so it has to be Trippier or someone else that you can think of. So I think Trippier first for me, and then maybe a Spurs asset as a placeholder, maybe a Dyer like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, I'd
1: go Trippier. I think it's it's just the
0: fixtures are on his side.
1: He's on set pieces. He's scoring free kicks. He scored free kick the season. Um, He's getting bonus points. So, yeah, probably Trippier. And then even the placeholder to Reese James. I don't even think that's necessary right now because Chelsea aren't keeping clean sheets. And Reese James, he's got no form. Um, You know, what are they even doing with their defence, Chelsea? Like, are they playing a back four? Are they playing a back three? Is he in a back three? Is he in a a right back? Because, like, what is going on? So, like, I think Trippier and then forget about James until obviously Chelsea play until we see some form from that defence because um, yeah, it's, it was you know even all over the place last night in, in the Champions League so I think Trippier is your pick
0: Yep, no, definitely we might get into our side so I might get you to put my side up if you can, Matt yeah,
1: Let's put it up I hope this is your one
0: If it's not, we'll talk about demos <laughs> Oh, that's so we'll that's Deimos Deimos. Uh that's demos. So we do demos first. That's we do demos first. Yeah, we we'll do demos first. Players? He talks about West Ham, and then there's not one player in there. Yeah. <laughs> so, at the moment, I'll get up what he said. Um. uh at the moment, that's his side. He sort of he's mm-hmm. going to just play with nine this week. Um. He said that he he thinks there's enough upside in his uh, lineup this week that he can cover. Sort of, I think you brought him uh, Bernardo this week. It's a good move. So I think he's you know a lot of upside there. I think he reckons that he can cover the nine plays this week. I said he should just free hit with me, but he said <laughs> no. But yeah, no, I really like it. He's got Tony. We said that Tony could easily bang a goal against Arsenal this week, um, especially in the transition. Hallam captain. You know, it's pretty obvious you spoke about it's going to be the most popular captain pick. Mitrovic, great fixture this week. Martinelli, you know, similar to what we said with uh, Jesus. I think there's a lot of upside this week. Andreas, you know, definitely can get an assist. Bernardo, great upside pick. You know, as I said, sometimes Mm -hmm. there's that game where they score a lot of goals and it's that person that's outside the popular picks that not very many people are looking at. So, you know, it could easily be a Bernardo double (laughs) and everyone else is just left wondering why they don't have Bernardo on their side. And Nico Williams, I don't think they're getting a clean sheet, but definitely could see, you know, an attack in return for him. And, you know, Trippier, I think, great upside. And Ward's a bit stinky, but he can't play (laughs) engines so he's going Ward. And I've heard rumours that Iverson might even start, so could be in the mud, Damon. Um, What are your thoughts, Matt?
1: Yeah, he's definitely got a ghosting goal with Ward. Um, (laughs) He's pretty much got a ghosting goal. But even when he starts, he could be a ghosting guy. <laughs> yeah. I'll say I think fair play to demo for you know sticking to the principles of playing, you know, eight players, because I'm not counting Ward with the way he's played this season. So yeah, <laughs> no, I think um I think he's making a good good move because he's got players on the park and he's he's right. Like that front three, you could potentially get a goal from Mitrovic, Haaland as a captain, Tony could score and then we've seen Martinelli score a couple of goals this season so yeah, it's him Bernardo's a really good pick like Wolves is just his like he's um he's like done it against Wolves before i think like Bernardo is just you know a nice pick um, from from City um you know if Bernardo was to come out and get like you know 10 to 15 points as an example then that will cover Damo for those couple of players that aren't playing Um, Yeah, yeah, Nico Williams, you know, we're not 100% sure what he'll do, but you expect that even if he doesn't keep a clean sheet, that's because Mitrovic and Andreas have done well. Um, And then, you know, Trippier, is kind of him just uh, in there kind of with the pack because a lot of people have got Trippier. So, yeah, I think he's doing the right things. He can free hit, you know, later on in the season or, you know, double game week or whenever else. I I can see why he's doing it. And, like, does he want to take
0: a minus four, like, no, I think he said, I think he's Probably only using it. the one transfer this week and I think he's going to use two next week. Yeah, I think that's a good
1: idea. Like in terms of, yeah, I just
0: don't think that, he, he can just
1: play that, I think. I think that's fine. Like, yeah, he, he there's a likelihood he'll, you know, he could get a red arrow um, and slump a little bit, but it'll be worth it. The upside will be, you know, a lot more worth it than, you know, burning a chip if he doesn't need to. Because he's got, you know, eight players and Ward on the pitch. So, like, um, yeah. you know, there's uh, there's players there. If he had four players, five players, three players, two players, it's like, all right, probably going to have to burn the free hit and, you know, hope yeah. for the best. But, yeah, I think with this, he's done the right thing.
0: No, I and mean, if Damo was on here, he'd say that even with a red arrow, he's still got enough in the bank to uh, beat me this week. So, <laughs> yeah, true. We <laughs> might get my side up if you can, Matt. All right, so this is yours. So this week I've decided to do a free hit. I think I only had about seven players, and with how far I've fallen behind this season, I wasn't going to take the risk and, um, you know, just play, you know, eight, seven plays this week. So, you know, I'm looking at a little bit of upside here in Bowen and Son, which not 100% locked in at the moment. As I spoke to you, you know, I'm confident in son, but then I'm also worried he could get rested this week. And, mm. you know, I'll be probably just waiting to the last minute to see if there's any news coming out. But, you know, I've worked with Mitrovic, he's a great option this week. Got Jesus, which I've had all season. I think this is a week where he could easily score a goal or two. I think Harlan is, you know, this speaks for itself. He's not even human, could easily score three goals if he wanted to. <laughs> which, yeah. you know, is, is good when you're on the good side of it, not so good when you're not. Uh, I think Foden, I think, has high upside this week in the fixture that we both mentioned that, you know, it could easily be a big go- a big goal fest and he could hevi- uh, feature heavily. And then just going to back three this week, um, at the moment Emerson rolls there, but then after you speaking about uh, Ceci Young, you know, that could be an option as well. Um, Cancelo, you know, the best defensive asset alongside Trippier this week. And then I've gone Pope in goals, hoping for a a clean sheet and uh, some save points, which will probably then end in some bonus as well. So <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, there's a bit of upside there. Probably the only locks at the moment is Foden, Mitrovic, Harlan, Jesus, Martinelli, Cancelo, Trippier and Pope. So the only ones that a the most of, of your team, <laughs> yeah. So, pretty much most of my team is locked, <laughs> locked in at the moment. But, um, the likes of Son Royal and maybe a Bowen probably the three that could change. But I really want to stick to my gut and go Bowen this week. And you know, if I find out that Son's going to start, he'll stay there. And Emerson Royal could be a flip of the coin, either him or Cesar Young, or I might even go someone else. So, but yeah, pretty happy with that. I think I'm going to go Captain Hall on this week. I can't see. Maybe Amitrovic could outscore him, but I'm not sure whether I'm willing to uh, take that unnecessary risk. If I end up going for a few differential picks this week, I'm probably just going to stick the captaincy on Howland just to at least uh, make me somewhat normal and less likely to get a massive red this week. Um, might talk about your side. So I think, what did you say? You got two free transfers this week. What are your plans?
1: Hmm. I was going to quickly turn you your side. You're not fancy Harry Kane. With his rivalry,
0: I really w- wish we could have four forwards because I'm just not <laughs> sure whether I want to get rid of Jesus. But then I've toyed with the idea of getting rid of Jesus, going Saka and Martinelli, and then going Kane up top. So, yeah,
1: see, I don't like the idea of the double Arsenal midfield. <laughs> no, um, I just don't think that's worth it. Um, I'm only saying it from a free hit point of view because obviously Kane's going to be in a lot of wild cards and a lot of free, hit, free hits. but it would be it would be outrageous if conte decided this is the game i might just not play kane because there is a someone is going to get taken out of that front three and everyone probably thinking oh maybe it'll be rich Allison, but it just can't be rich Allison with the form that he's been on um and could going to start so it's going to be one of son or kane um and everyone always thinks kane's sort of bulletproof but conte said there will be a way for him to be rotated out but Yeah, he's got such a good record against Leicester that it's interesting. That'd be a
0: massive bombshell. Could you imagine the meltdowns on Twitter if a huge lockout happens and it's just like Kane's rested? Huge is the late game of the UK though, which does you know does give
1: the opportunity for you know players to have a little bit more rest time, I guess. So um, yeah, but yeah, Kane's obviously got that crazy record against Leicester. I'm surprised more people. And not looking at it thinking, let's captain him at home to Leicester, a team that just got absolutely smashed by Brighton with ease. And everyone's still Harland, 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 because what he's done, which is you know fair enough. But yeah, good side. Um, yeah, in terms of mine, I'm on two free transfers. So like where I'm at is I'm able to field. So at the moment, I'm able to field 11 players without a transfer. So I've, I've been quite fortunate. Um, yeah. So I've been able to fill it for 11 players, but in that 11, it would include Raya, Izinchenko, Martinelli, Jesus, and Tony. So that's one, two, three, four, five players in the same game. It would include Nico Williams and Andreas in the same game. So that's seven yeah. players over two fixtures. It would also include Sean Longstaff for Newcastle. Who's my like, you know, 4.4 million reserve midfielder home to Bournemouth. He has scored for Newcastle before, but like, you know, he's also known for a red card, so you probably wouldn't want to start him. um you know, Ward Prowse, Harlan, Tony, uh, Cancelo, David Raya, Nico Williams, So Andreas. Bench has got the ghost. So I've got the ghost uh Ward uh, on my bench. Definitely not playing him over David Raya. Um, Salah, Reese James, and Alexander Arnold. So, like, I don't want to move. Like, initially, I was going to do the Son move before, um, you know, this game week even existed. That was my move. But then with what's going to happen in the Champions League and everything else, I thought, I don't think I'm going to do – I'm just going to keep Salah uh, because I want him for game week nine. So now I'm kind of like, all right, I've got to make a decision. Like, do I just do one sub? Do I just transfer out Alexander-Arnold for Trippier? Uh, and then play 3-4-3 or 4-4 or four three four, three or four, 3 3 or do i make two subs you know downgrade Trent and upgrade long stuff. like yeah i've got decisions to make and it's not going to be made until european football uh, is done and there's like you know we've got an idea as to who's played injuries and that type of stuff so i've got options um yeah like it's a shame as well, I did really want to do Kane as a captain and, and um, bring Kane in, but I also looked at it and thought like I can't take Jesus out before that game against Brentford. Like he's still seventy five percent selected. Like a couple of goals from Jesus, and yeah, I'm absolutely screwed again. And he's due. He's due a goal, um, you know. And they've they've got the week off Arsenal with no Europa. So yeah, I've got decisions to make. But you know, um, it's going to be up until deadline. So.
0: Yeah, we'll just sounds like it'd be convenient for Son to score and Spurs to win <laughs> and Kane to blank and then you're happy. Yeah, well that would be good, but,
1: <laughs> but at the same time I just want Spurs to win. But and if the if it
0: helped but if we win and then FPL works out, then even better. Yeah, definitely. Well, that wraps up our podcast episode this week. So we decided to do a you know the live show again, which I think has been really good again this week, but. For anyone that's tuned in tonight, um, head over to my YouTube like, and subscribe very much appreciate it. I haven't done a lot of videos on the YouTube, so definitely need to uh, get the following up and get more people sort of checking out our videos because won't be consistent, uh, videos on there, but when they do, it'll be like the podcast shows or the occasional watch alongs, depending on what channel you go to, but, um, also head over and give us a follow at FL amateurs of Oz. And then also head over to Matt's page as well, which is uh, FPL Matt Day. Um, He has TikTok, he's got YouTube, he's got Twitter, he's got um, Instagram, so, you know, he's he's pretty much working harder than any bloke on Twitter at the moment. So <laughs> <laughs> definitely a good variety of content there from short videos to captaincy picks. There's a lot of Champions League stuff as well. So if you are into the Champions League, he does that weekly as well. So he pretty much covers every aspect of FPL and Champions League fantasy as well. Um, And for all of our stuff, head over. We've got our link tree. Um, You can catch our website. We've got uh, our Twitter. We've got our Instagram. We've got our Facebook group. You know, we've got a bit of everything there and, you know, occasional banter as well on the timeline as well that you can get involved in. But, uh, yeah, you'll find our podcast episode on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes as well as YouTube as well. So the audio should be out sometime in the morning as well if you want to give it a listen and you haven't had a chance to tune in live tonight. But, you know, it's been a pleasure, Matt. Thanks for
1: coming on, mate. Now it's been good. It's it's great to be back on. I think it's my first appearance in the normal season this year, and I was on in the preseason. I think I said that at the start. I think I come on for the last week of preseason just before the season started. So yeah, it's great to be back on. I'd, I'd come on a couple of times last season, um, and yeah, it's good. It's good to be on again, and um, yeah, looking forward to, to coming on again at some stage of season, and hopefully by then, you know, teams picked up a little bit and. Um, <laughs> You know, and there's and there's no more of these short game weeks, you know, with seven games and you know, I just want normal FPL back. But yeah, pleasure to be on and um yeah, um looking forward to
0: another another game week. No, definitely. Well, good luck everyone. Hopefully this week is gonna be a good week for you, like it is for me and Matt. And I'm gonna be flying high next week and uh hopefully Demo, as usual, is below me and it'd be very nice for once this season. <laughs>
2: See
0: you next week.